It's going to be tough to say goodbye, but we're going to have a lot of fun in the process. The final installment of the Seeing Jesus in Our Favorite Christmas Movies. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. And I know that today's episode was a labor of love for Carter because you've never really watched the Polar Express before. Mm -mm. No. Weren't feeling it necessarily, but you knew this was a big movie in our household. My son well, loves just, it. There's just something you didn't get into. I, it wasn't that I rejected it. I just never, never really thought took about the it. time to watch it. Yeah. And if you ever get on one of the trains, they're, they're all over the United States, by the way, that they emulate this train that goes to the North Pole. You okay. yeah. get in your PJs, you drink your hot chocolate, you know. Um, by the way, does this have to be the last week? Could we do one, just one more, just sneak one more in, even if it's after Christmas? Well, you, what you need to know about Rochelle is that she'll keep her tree up until, what, May? February. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not May. Ah, I would believe I it, I only though. did that once. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. I'm a type of person that, you know, you have you settle in Christmas Eve. I love Christmas Eve. There's still the anticipation. Christmas morning rolls around. It's great, too. But then you have the big, whenever the big meal is, whether it's lunch or dinner. Yeah. And after that, I'm like, all right, wrap it up. I'm not yeah. watching a Christmas movie on you, Christmas night. You got to snuggle in for It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas night. You mm. could even do that could be New Year's Eve week movie. They play Old Lang Syne. Well, there you go. I, mean, I think a lot of Christmas movies do. I don't know. Listen, we maybe we just do in January our favorite seeing Jesus and our favorite action movies. <laughs> Was Die Hard a Christmas movie? Well, I was going to say, or Seeing Jesus in Terminator. Or or, uh, <laughs> uh, so, okay, by the way, if you're new, this is just a regular podcast where we talk about what we're going through spiritually, but mm -hmm. this has been a, a specific series. We've gone over The Grinch, we've gone over Home Alone, the, the original Home Alone, and we've gone over Elf, and it's seeing biblical principles yes. and lessons while we're watching these movies. And it's interesting. I think I left one out last week with Elf because I, I rewatched the movie last night and James Caan's role. I forgot about the fact that he walks out of that big meeting mm -hmm. towards the end of the film. Like he is literally set with a choice. His son is there telling him, buddy is missing. He's gone. And he can either stay for the big meeting and try to pitch this book deal. To Scrooge, basically. Yes, to the guy who has no Christmas spirit because he's making him do it on Christmas Eve. Right. Or... He could go and do what's most important, which is to be a part of his family, to do the right thing. And he does choose to do the right thing. And that doesn't necessarily mean he's, quote, off the naughty list right away. It's a process because even as we were unwrapping that last week with, you know, how he lip synced to the song at first. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm actually going to now sing the song mm -hmm. and not just go through the motions, you know? It's a process. And I think that that's something that we have to remember for a lot of people. For most of us, when it comes to um, even things like forgiveness, yeah. it's not necessarily an overnight thing. When we choose to forgive somebody, you're still going to have those feelings there. Or if you've struggled with a sin, it may be an immediate relief. Um, the Bible does say that we're a new creation, that old has passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Um, but in process is most of the time I've discovered in my own world, that's how God works. Oh, and I think with the forgiveness thing especially, that's a daily choice. Yeah. If you're going to see them on a regular basis especially. I, I have family members that have chosen to forgive each other and continue to have fellowship together. And I know that's got to be a daily choice for the person that was wronged. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just uh, you wake up and you do it again and you don't hold it over their head. Maybe that's what the little boy at the beginning of Polar Express had to do. He had to forgive his parents um, because I, I remember 
Now, I hope your children aren't listening. Spoiler alert. Spoiler spoiler for the movie alert or spoiler you in know, life alert? The big one. Okay. The spoiler for life alert. Okay. This, give them, let's give them five seconds. Regarding okay. the, Mr. C. Just, just imagine, let's just imagine mom is across the room playing this via Alexa, which you can do. Well, you could just say Alexa. But you know what it's like if it's noisy and Alexa okay. won't hear you? I'm right. sorry. Say it again. Is that enough time? Can, now that we've bought some time. Okay, go ahead. When my kids first found out the truth mm-hmm. about Mr. C. That's all I'm going to say. Actually, you didn't have to pause it. We wasted all that time. <laughs> you but, don't hear the jingle anymore, do you? I was very nervous about it. I was so nervous because I thought, I have never told my children anything but the truth. And I've often told them, I will never lie to you. Mm. Unless it's like I'm going to surprise you with a trip to Disney World or something like that. Yeah. And I kind of put this particular thing in that same category. And so I was concerned. They took it very well, but I did see the, you know, the hurt. You know, there's magic in that, you know. So uh, perhaps you feel completely differently. You've never incorporated that into your celebrating, and that's fine. It was something that I, my parents did with me and my husband's parents did. So we chose to, to keep up with the tradition. But at the very beginning of the Polar Express, we're going to translate things, I think, mostly. I know I am. Maybe Carter won't. Uh, in the belief in in Santa Claus, which is what this little boy is struggling with, um, it, translate that over into your faith in God. And so he starts to question it. These are people who clearly all of his upbringing have, there's Santa Claus, he's going to bring you gifts. And he starts seeing things like, you know, the Norman Rockwell photo on the time, uh, is it Time Magazine or Life? Yeah. It, that he's holding the Santa and the hat. He's found this costume in the closet, you know, the big reveal. He's starting to feel like, huh, interesting. Is this real? Hmm. You said it was real. And for a while, he believed. But now he is, he's doubting. And he's going through something that perhaps you've, in fact, gone through in your life. I, I really do wonder if you truly can have as strong a faith as possible on this planet, on this side of heaven, if you haven't struggled with doubt. Hmm. I think it makes you stronger, especially because if you if you have questions that come up in your faith, and you're like, I don't know what the answers are, hopefully you're searching for the answers in Scripture, in people that you, you know, as a confidant, somebody, maybe a spiritual mentor that you've looked to. Um, it's Interesting, Carter, when I first got married to Sammy, I remember asking him, have you ever struggled with doubt? At that point in his life, and he was 30 years old at the time, he's, he said no. But he would since tell you that, yes, there have been moments of financial distress or whatever. It's like, Lord, where are you struggling mm-hmm. with that kind of thing? Or perhaps you've struggled with the big, what if he doesn't exist question? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where this little boy is at. And that's where the Polar Express comes in. Did you want to say anything? Well, I guess I'll get to right to that because I think this is going to be a great narrative for there's a ton of people leaving the faith right now. Yeah. And then a lot of it, I think I think that's a really good, um, I guess, interpretation, if you will, of people's childhoods Mm -hmm. being raised in church. Yeah. And potentially being told this is true. But I just heard somebody the other day talk about we really need to teach apologetics um, to to kids. Yeah. uh, Of okay, we've shown you what to believe. But we haven't really talked about why. Yeah. We haven't really talked about the, you know, 
outside of the feelings and 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 a lot of great stuff on how much God loves you and God created the world and God sent his son for you. But then, okay, but then when the questions Mm -hmm. that will come up with my friends at school come up, Mm -hmm. what am I supposed to say? And these are things I've never even thought about. Mm. So we should have more of these conversations within church. The first point I'll go to, you know, he gets on the train. And he's already hesitant, right? And and you may even backtrack some of this and tell the, tell the story with the conductor. But there is a a guy, if you haven't seen it, there's a guy that is, I, I guess I'll spoil it, a ghost character. He's a hobo. He's a hobo on top of the train. He's riding the rails. I don't even know if that's possible to sit on top of a train, <laughs> physically possible. Which is why, I mean, because he's up there with his fire and his fire is undisturbed. So you go, Some, yeah. something... Uh, sixth sense about this. <laughs> Something's funky. But he tells him something. Well, I I want to believe. But... But you don't want to be bamboozled. You don't want to be let down to Primrose Bad. You don't want to be caught or duped. Have the wall pulled over your eyes. Hoodwinked. You don't want to be taken for a ride. Railroaded! Seeing. He said that seeing is believing, and you heard what he had to say there. Yeah, about the whole you, you don't want to be duped, you yeah. don't want to be, and this you is, don't want to be made the fool. The, and this is you have a laughing world mm-hmm. at believers of of any faith, but mm-hmm. obviously, I think Christians get the brunt of it, especially in America. And you you don't want to. I know for me, I don't want to be just thrown into this bubble category mm-hmm. of. Christians that don't know what they're talking about, Christians that are blind, Christians that don't know history, Christian, mm-hmm. you know. And so I I I think I think that is a poignant moment to point to and go, kids, somebody in your world will do something like that in it, maybe as soon as elementary school or middle school. Hmm. And I hate it, but to prepare them for the future, you are going to have somebody like that that says seeing is believing. If I can't see it, um, if I can't prove it like intangibly in my hands, mm-hmm. then then it must not be true. And and to that I would say, then how do you know the Revolutionary War is true? Mm-hmm. Then how do you know the signing of the Magna Carta is true or yeah. that Julius Caesar was a person? I think there's a whole bunch of without getting in too too depths of it, you'd have to go back to what his historic historically being able to be proven. I think it. Yeah, you just have to you just find your own. All right. What's going to be enough to, quote, prove it to you? And to some people, there will never There's be enough. There's never going to be enough because you you just perhaps you felt so betrayed in your past. You don't want to ever let your, quote, guard down when it comes to believing in something you can't see, per se. But I would argue that y- y- there is evidence all around us in creation. Sure. It talks about the evidence of a creator um, all around us, a divine plan. Um, I think it's fascinating that our perspective is so flip-flopped with stuff. And I was reminded the other day in my own quiet time about, Lord, perhaps one of the reasons why you don't go in for the big signs anymore, like the parting of the Red Sea, is because even after the Israelites experienced the parting of the Red Sea, there was an entire generation that had to die in the desert because their belief in God, their desire for a relationship 
was just terrible. It was they had all the signs and it wasn't enough. Have you ever heard of the um, (laughs) the phrase in sports? uh, Really, it's it's anything entertainment, too. But sports is a lot of time. What have you done for me lately? (laughs) And it's it's a Mm -hmm. coach could literally this has happened to Super Bowl winning coaches. And I'm thinking of a certain college coach, a football coach in the last couple of years. He won a national championship in 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he got fired in 2021 for just not having a good record. Wow. And so you look at something like the Israelites like that. Yeah. I, I even heard somebody the other day say, there's no way Jesus was God because if he, um, he would have done actual miracles. And I'm sitting here, <laughs> I'm sitting here listening to him and he keeps talking about turning water into wine. Right. And he goes, we turn water into wine. That's not a miracle. And I'm sitting here going, first of all, you don't do it instantly. Uh, and second of all, what about, I don't know, rising from the dead? Yeah. And I actually asked him and he goes, he could have done so much more than that. So much. He could have created a universe. He could. And I go, what about the one you're sitting in right now? I mean, there's just for some people, it will never be enough. Well, creating a new universe. He was out to redeem this one. (laughs) That's what it was all about because this one was broken. Why would I create something else exactly the same, but just for it to break again? I'm going to redeem this one. I I don't know. No idea. But people, uh, I think, again, it's like... Clearly, what's coming out of his mouth is a symptom of something going on on the inside of his sure. heart. Something's yeah. gone on there that's caused this frustration, doubt. Maybe maybe he lost somebody, and well, there must not be a God then. Or Jesus isn't all-powerful because dot, dot, dot. But um, yeah, the miracles that, that Jesus gave, you know, he said, you, he even talked about, you want signs all the time. And yet he fulfilled numerous, like crazy, there, nobody else on the planet could fulfill in one human being, the odds of that being astronomically impossible. Yeah. He did all these things and it's still not enough. So it's like, all right, well, what would be enough? What I have to do is at the end of the day, and I think this is why, uh, like what you were talking about with the hobo guy, instantly when he brings up this whole, you don't want to be bamboozled, he doesn't try to talk the kid into it. He just says, what's your take on the guy? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And he lets this kid kind of feel it out for himself. And so this kid is on a journey now. Yeah. And he goes through the hobo situation with the skiing across. Man, if I had seen that film in 3D, I think I would have chucked my cookies. <laughs> I would have chucked my Christmas cookies because they're going up and down the ramps and everything. Right. And, um, but there's this one point where they're past all of that and the conductor is getting the kids safely back to the train car. And he says, But sometimes seeing is believing. And sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. And I love this line. This is the line I think that drove me to think we, we should do something like this. Because this is in support, complete support of what happens in John chapter 20. It's verse 29. And Jesus specifically is not just talking to Thomas. He's talking to you, to me, probably some of the disciples in the room who still are having trouble because he's just risen from the dead and Thomas hadn't seen him yet. And so he is, this is recorded now, 2,000 years later, we can still read it and say, you're blessed when you choose to believe even what you cannot see. Because the most real things in this life, according to the conductor was saying there, the most real thing you could ever have is a relationship with God. And he has invested so much in us and he is trusting that I have checked all the boxes and it, quote, still doesn't seem to be enough because you have not just opened your heart up enough 
to receive it. And I recognize that that might be difficult. How, how difficult was it for my Savior to leave perfection and die for me imperfection? Mm-hmm. That must not have been easy. Like, he stepped out first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. But um, his kid is on this journey, Carter, and he's not alone. He's got a couple pals with him. So one part that I think is a very simple lesson, and I think it's so good, there's the part where they're still picking up kids, or in fact, they thought they were done, and they go to... We're heading for the other side of the tracks. The other side of the tracks. You love that kid, don't you? No, I can't stand that kid. That annoying um, kid. <laughs> that's, and this is a good lesson for me in this moment. While I'm happy they picked up the one kid on the other side of the tracks, yeah. uh, there's also the annoying people that I I need to deal with in my How own How did heart. he get on the train? Oh, man. Why is he talking like that? <laughs> oh, but um, this is a great... This is easy. For there's no longer a slave, nor free, nor Jew, nor Gentile. We are all one in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And to look past, uh, in fact, there's another verse, not showing favoritism, Mm -hmm. and to make sure that the the Polar Express is just this perfect embodiment of the Christmas spirit, and and to make sure to, to stop and to to graciously show mm. up for him, regardless of, of of socioeconomic status. Yeah. And there's so many, whether that's racial, whether that's uh, you know poverty level, whether that's that's a, a neighbor that we don't really enjoy. We are all one in the body of Christ, and I think that's just a, a very simple lesson to I pause it and to show kids. You made me think about even the the little boy decided to stay in the last train car. Mm-hmm. So perhaps you've reached out to that person who is ostracized by society or whatever, and you have an opportunity to reach to him and stop the train for him to get on. Now, he may receive the gift, but not in a way that you can tell has made a difference in his life. Like, mm-hmm. this little kid struggles throughout the entire movie about Christmas doesn't work out for me. Right, right. And so perhaps you're, you've been continually trying to water, um, trying to grow a person that's just been laid on your heart by the Lord. Like this person needs God so much. You can see it. Jesus would just completely remake everything in their world and they would see from a, a fresh perspective, you yeah. know? Um, but it's a, we talked about that process, you know, to keep praying for them. Don't push them, but encouraging them. I think the little girl was so encouraging. And yeah. And she, as uh, she would receive the ticket, uh, she was a leader. Yeah. And so she she obviously did that throughout the movie. I really like that. And I loved I loved the journey that this boy took because he represents all of us, I think, to some degree. That we've gone through a time frame at some point in our lives or another where we've just doubted. And I do not think that uh, we should carry any guilt with us when we have those moments. I think Jesus, when he talked to Thomas directly about that moment where he's like, I have to see it for myself to believe that Jesus raised from the dead. I think we're allowed that moment to, to show there's grace for us in those those doubtful places. And he came out on the other side. Traditionally, it says in the church that he was martyred uh, by spear. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to believe so much so that you would endure that that great pain knowing that on the other side of it. There's a reward that's, I mean, eternal and totally worth it, you know? Yeah. And uh, it it took as many people with him as he could to heaven by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all of these disciples did see, but their encouragement, even throughout the letters that you read from the Apostle Paul, who met Jesus on the road to Damascus, um, some might argue whether it was an actual physical situation where he saw Jesus or he experienced the Spirit of God in in a 
breathtaking way. I don't know. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I know he experienced Jesus on the road to Damascus. So he says in his letters, I saw him for myself. So I know he's a risen savior. Mm. We know that Peter saw that he was a risen savior. We know that John saw. So we read these letters and they say, you haven't necessarily seen, but you remember when you first believed. And I think that's really important. It's like, okay, so just we're going to keep encouraging. Hold fast to the things that you were first taught. Mm. It's still real no matter what you're dealing with. And uh, that comes up later in this movie. It's at the very, very end. You get this redemption place where it's like what he first believed as a child growing up was that Santa existed. And then he has been through this entire North Pole experience. Like, how do you go through all of these things? But perhaps that's you feeling like you have experienced incredible things in your life on your faith journey, but you still have those little hangups or twinges of doubt or whatever it is. And mm. But what if it's not true? But what if, you know? And so that moment where he picks up the bell and he just steps out in faith. I believe. I believe. You can almost hear him questioning it there at the end. Like, I believe. <laughs> but then he hears the bell ring and we know symbolically that means that now he does. He has grabbed hold of faith and saying, I believe. And I, I, when we believe that when you say, yes, Lord, Jesus, I believe that you came on this earth 2,000 years ago for one purpose, to love us well, to die for us on the cross, to raise up into new life so that I could have new life through you. And I'm going to go with you one day to heaven. I'm going to live with you for forever. I believe that when you say I believe, that's it. Mm -hmm. The bell starts ringing for you. And the very end of the film, you know, it's interesting. His parents, maybe at one time they believed, but they can't hear the bell. So the people who had instilled the belief system in him from the beginning, um, which again, the bell means if you can hear it ringing, that means you believe in Santa Claus, right? But translating that over into our spiritual lives, these parents have set this kid up to believe in Santa. They've told him it's real. And now he's gone through this journey where he's like, all right, I do believe. But his parents think the bell is broken because they've just been going through the motions. Yeah, that's kind of a scary thought to think. They maybe believed when they were kids, but somewhere along the way, God might become a fairy tale hmm. to them. And little sister believes, but even then, unfortunately, you hear this line. At one time, most of my friends could hear the bell, but as years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me, as it does for all who truly believe. You know, there are these things that Carter and I've talked about before, and this sounds so bible and it's not meant to. I just, it, the word is Ebenezer. There are these huge quintessential moments that have existed in your world where you just know without a shadow of a doubt, God was there for you. And uh, just like the, be the bell for this kid, that symbolized to him, I remember meeting Santa. I remember believing, and it's always going to ring for this kid because he's always going to look back. Anytime he made out in the future, he'll always look back to that Ebenezer, that yeah. moment. And I think that those God gives us those huge, quote, sign moments, if you will, 
so that even if they're very personal and nobody else can see him part your Red Sea, you remember it. Yeah. And you can look back on and your faith is inspired. There are a couple of um, overall things of just the movie in general that I found fascinating. I, I found it interesting that we all want someone to know us and be so graceful with us, mm. just like Santa is at the end, and Jesus will be that and so much more. Mm. You know, yeah. he, he writes the note there at the end. He has so much grace. He has so much. Um, it's kind of a, a scary moment when he's facing Santa for the first time. So good. I never thought about that. Yeah, he has a hole in his pocket. So do we stumble after we believe? Mm. Yeah, that's good, too. That's good, too. Yeah, but he had grace to bring him back the bell. But just that <laughs> humanity wants that. They, yeah. This movie is a hit for a reason. And the the idea and Santa Claus for a reason, like we want somebody that takes care of us mm-hmm. and is is good natured and always selfless. And so I mean, good. you just keep naming qualities of Santa and all of a sudden the world wants that, but not Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess it it's maybe because Santa... Well, I don't know. Santa has a naughty list, but but Santa generally doesn't tell you here's the things to stay away from. Well, and ironically, Saint Nicholas wanted to point it all back to Christ. Yeah, because yeah, that's of the true. best gift ever given, he wanted to give and do it cheerfully. And um, yeah, I I love that. Well, let me nerd out for a moment as well. Can you? And then I want to point to one more scripture, and then I'm I think I'm peace okay. out. Um, so the whole thing. Uh-huh. Speaking of of working out, the whole thing just works out. They seem to be constantly in the wrong place that turns out to be the right place. Okay. Yeah. You know, the train mishap. I mean, I was anxious the whole first half of the movie of <laughs> the train's on ice, the train's <laughs> on a mountain. I don't even know how it got off that mountain. Yeah. Uh, you know, all there, there. He's he's in the the you know the caboose, and then he's on top, and all of a sudden he's at the engine. Turns out she was at the engine. He's now in the right place. They save the day constantly. They get lost at the North Pole. All of a sudden, turns out they did the best thing possible because yeah. they're in the gift sack. You they're know? in the big sack. Constantly, it has worked out for them. Yeah. And there is a big question in Christianity on the sovereignness of God. I should even define because sovereign is is a word. I'm like, what exactly? How would I define that? Um, can I can I take yeah, a stab ahead. at it as you Webster's it? Uh, it's it's all powerful. Okay. Yeah. A supreme ruler. Um, Processing supreme or ultimate power. Okay, yeah. And so the sovereignty of God and that he has this plan of life, Mm -hmm. and yet he does love us enough to give us free will, Mm -hmm. choices that we make. Yeah. How? Because he doesn't want slaves. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't want robots. He wants wants genuine to to choose him mm. he chose us first but to choose him and say it's an authentic god i receive your love yeah and and so there's the age-old question of how in god's green earth quite literally can he use our free will choices and still be on this plan and i heard something i've never heard of the other day it's called molinism it's a theory okay and you could back it up with a couple of scriptures molinism that you would because some people say God, your life, God already chose. And God, everything you do, God already chose it. So what is that? Predestination. Predestination, yeah. right? And then there's total free will. Right. We're, you know, we're we're choosing everything. And this guy named Molin, um, he he was like, it, it's, it's both. Because mm-hmm. if you think about not only would God uh, know what you're going to do uh, ahead of the time that you did it, and he gave you free will to do it. Mm-hmm. But God put you in a place because he knows what you would do 
in any other circumstance. Mm. If you lived in Nazi Germany, okay. if you lived at Jesus' time and you were Pontius Pilate, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you anything, God is so all-powerful that he knows exactly, because we always say that all the time, I wouldn't do that if I were them. God knows if you literally would have done it in an <laughs> alternate universe. If he had put you there, he knows if you would have done it or not. Yeah. And so I kind of watching this movie going, it just can, constantly works out. And then I just happened to hear this theory at the same time going, that is such an interesting perspective yeah. of God knowing alternate universes, kind of like Doctor Strange, yeah. and going... Not only does he know, he gives me the choice to do it, much like they had the choice, you know, he's roaming around this Polar Express chain, Mm -hmm. chasing this hobo, but God put him, or in this case, you know, uh, whoever put him there, but God put me in my life, gave me free will to do it, and he, his plan is still perfect because he put you and I exactly where we needed to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think that's such a cool. There's the nerding out moment of some more theology. No, than that's the movie, interesting. But. Yeah, because it 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 will break your, you know, cerebral everything. Yeah, and nobody knows. Nobody but, knows for because sure, he's but. infinite, and I could try to figure it out, and I it, yeah, I might hurt myself. Yeah, <laughs> thinking about it too much. Right, but. It is also interesting that the way that the director did it, now maybe he just did it, it's Zemeckis, I believe, Robert Zemeckis, but Tom Hanks is a brilliant actor. Oh, yeah. But he's got him all over this film. He's what? How many roles is it? He's the conductor. He's the hobo. He is Santa Claus uh-huh. at some point. Like the, uh, He plays the boy at some point. And he plays the dad. The dad? That's right. That's right. So I think it's fascinating. Um, if you want to nerd out a little bit more, that he is all of these characters in this kid's life and all of them are instrumental in bringing him to a faith-based place and i think god can use a a variety of people Mm -hmm. different faces but all of them are 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 used of him yeah to bring us to a place of healing on our journey to a place of understanding and yeah that's a cool way to think about it you're like how how was it that you know the person that said that impactful thing mm-hmm. to me that they didn't even know I needed to hear that no, day. Yeah. Well, God knew that they would be a person to say something like that when, it, as a response. And so he chose to put that person there for you that day. Romans 8 tells us that he works all things together for our good because mm. we love him. He's called us for his purposes. It's for his glory. And, uh, Second Timothy, um, this is one I love to reference over and over again. And I, you know, Carter and I were actually talking about this yesterday. The concern is always that when you watch a movie that's Bible-based or you hear from a pastor or even listening to this podcast that, you know, we're a very, I think people are very trusting at nature, which is revealed in this film. The little boy, when he's really small, is very trusting. And then he starts to become a skeptic when he starts to see these things you know, in the news or whatever, that's like maybe Santa doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trusting, and then then we we just completely go the opposite way because we're afraid. We're we're designed to guard ourselves, mm-hmm. and so that's not necessarily a bad thing. But guarding ourselves from betrayal, maybe you've you've experienced deep hurt, deep loss because of that. Um, I think it's important though to never take anybody else's word for it, to always go to the source. Now, it, it tells us in 1 John that the Holy Spirit is going to help us out with that. He's going to help us be able to discern what is uh, aligned with the Lord and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Our Bible 
helps us with that. God's word helps us know what's aligning with God and what isn't. He had to, quote, study to show himself approved in this movie. He didn't just take mom and dad's word for it. True. He didn't take his sister's word for it. Didn't take the little girl's word for it on the train. He went through his own faith journey. And at the end of it, even after they're hearing the bells, everybody's hearing the bells, he could have gone along with it. I believe. Yeah. I believe. But it wasn't until he came to that place for himself that he saw Santa. And I, I think that's really important that we take, you know, a little page out of his book in Second Timothy 2.15 to study for ourselves because our relationship with Christ is going to be that much stronger when we do it for ourselves. He came out with a stronger faith than the people that originally told him about it. Yeah, who turned out actually just to be going through some motions, hmm. you know? Yeah, that's crazy to think about crazy to think about, but a lot of good stuff. Again, if you are watching this ahead of Christmas or even right after, uh, or watching it in the middle of July, like Rochelle does. Or listening because they can't see us. Um, <gasps> but seeing is... No, believe. watching Polar Express specifically. Oh! You are enjoying the movie and maybe some some principles to go along with it. I love that. And now... When you pause it, be like, right there. That's when Carter said this. Your kids are just going to really love it. So kids, Molinism. Uh, 